This is your Olympic hero and former WWE champion, Kurt Angle. And I just wanted to give a shout out to my guys, Clint and Noah. When it comes to covering sports, there is no one better. And believe me, that's true. It's damn true. From the Starcade Studios in Kansas City, Missouri, Royal Roofing and Solar presents the Starcade Sports Podcast, powered by Starcade Media, the pinnacle of hard-hitting sports talk, featuring weekly expert analysis and exclusive interviews. And now, here are your hosts, Nitro Noah Groniger and Mr. Electricity Clint Schweitzer. Welcome here to the Starcade Sports Podcast. It's our pleasure to bring on current chief, our good friend Nazi Johnson, who's home enjoying a bye week here. Nazi, this is a this is a good week for all of us, whether you're a Chiefs fan and Chiefs media member, a Chiefs player, because you just get to hang out and watch uh, watch other games and see what happens, right? Yeah, it's first time doing that. <laughs> I see you're representing your Marshall Thundering Herd yeah. there. Finished the season nine and four. They take down number eight Notre Dame, beat UConn in the Beach Bowl. Life is good, yep. my friend. Yeah, life is good, man. I, I mean, really, I wear the same stuff. I wear athletic wear all the time. So it's all I got is Marshall gear here. I haven't went shopping yet. So I've just been fine. I mean, just having this stuff on. Well, what's this journey been like? We had John before the season started. We talked about what a battle it was going to be. You know, you and the other seventh round picks and just having to go in and earn a spot. And as the season's gone on, Nazi, we've seen more of you on the field, making a big impact on special teams. Like what's this season kind of taught you and and what's the process been like as you've kind of acclimated yourself to being a, a full-time special teamer here? Um, It's been, it's been a long uh, journey, you know, starting from um, OTAs and stuff like that. Um, When I first got there, I was just trying to um, establish myself, you know, show people that uh, I'm actually talented. Um, doesn't matter if I'm a seven rounder, you know what I'm saying? Doesn't, doesn't matter how late I was uh, picked up. Um, I was just trying to establish myself, and uh, when I got my opportunity, um, I just ran with it. So here we are today. Yeah, we've got some rankings here. In kickoff coverage, the Chiefs rank fourth. Punt coverage, they rank second. Just what has that kind of been like this year for you on special teams? Uh, we've had some muff punts, some miss extra points, some stuff going wrong, but that coverage team is really the highlight of the special teams. Yeah, so only thing I, I can um, I can control what we can control. I mean, yeah. Um, that the kicking stuff that's more so you know not in my alley but um when they kick it and um uh, we go cover we take that very personal um we're trying to help our guys out by um you know doing our best doing our part um of the special teams and that's all we can do well obviously corner was a a position that was uh, greatly you know kind of greatly emphasized here this year by the Kansas City Chiefs and you just think about Obviously, Trent McDuffie goes in the in the first round and the impact he's made since coming back from his injury. But I want to talk about you seventh round picks yourself, Joshua. You know, you, uh, earlier in the draft, Joshua Williams, and you got Jalen Watson also in the seventh round. Just kind of talk about what it's been like and the camaraderie you have with the the first round pit or the uh, the draft picks from this year and kind of watching those guys show out this year. When man, the Chiefs clearly went young with corner and man, some guys are really making plays out there. It, man, it feels good because we got some dogs um, in our rookie class, uh, especially in our DB room from Cook, Trent, uh, Jay White, and uh, Jalen. We we have um, we have some dogs, um, and I just good seeing them go out and um, perform at the highest level. You know what I'm saying? So um, we all been working. 
um, our tails off and everybody's just taking advantage of their opportunities and making the most of it. Yeah. But specifically talking about safety, kind of what have you and Brian Cook, the young rookies learned uh, from the veterans, Juan Thornhill, Justin Reed, but also Dave Merritt, the D-backs coach, and then Donald D'Alessio, the safeties coach. Uh, They showed us how to be pros. You know what I'm saying? They showed us how to break down film, how to actually watch it and um, learn, um, be a student of the game um, and just elevate your game, uh, be better than the next person. Um, Also, they moved me to corner, so I don't know if maybe the next season I'll be back to safety, but um, right now I'm at corner, so that's a different um, learning curve for me because being back off the line and checking somebody so is different than being up close and personal with somebody, so I'm getting that. I'm learning now. I'm getting a lot better at my man uh, press coverage. So with me being on special teams, I get to develop uh, get the more coaching, more one-on-ones and practices just to develop my craft and uh, to see where it can take me in the next years or so. And what was the conversation like there with the switch from safety to corner and your skill set and what they saw in you uh, to make that switch? Um, I guess they seen how athletic I was, um, my range in the post at um, OTAs. They just seen that his um, coach asked me, he said, we're going to move you corner and see what you can do. And then I was at nickel and I balled out in OTAs. So it's just like, they're like, man, you could um, you could play all three positions back here. So I was like, yes, sir, I can. So it's been history since then. So they left me at corner. So I'm just, you know what I'm saying, learning how to play corner in the NFL. And then whatever the um, dominoes fall, if they want me back at safety, I'll play safety. If they want me at nickel, I'll play nickel. It don't matter. You can plug me in anywhere. Got to ask you about Jalen Watson. Of course, he had the 99-yard pick six against the Chargers in week two. And then this last week, Nazi, I thought against the Raiders in Las Vegas, he made one of the most underrated plays of the game when on fourth down and, and goal, he was able to get his uh, his his arms over uh, Devontae Adams to knock that ball out without committing a penalty and just kind of the, the journey he's been on, man, and kind of your camaraderie. Jalen Watson, man, I, I, a guy that uh, comes out of Washington State, a guy that has a great story, he's working at Wendy's. And the, the, just the way he used his body, the way he deflected that ball, that is next-level work, especially against one of the best receivers in the league in Devontae Adams. Yeah, he's actually my locker buddy. Um, we always be talking about we got to um, show the um, world that they're sleeping on us. Um, you know, a lot of people don't give seven-rounders their respect. Um, at the end of the day, we all professional athletes, no matter what round you are. Some people are just as talented as first rounders. It's just, you know, saying um, different circumstances may be different. Um, you don't get the media attention, but he can ball. And uh, he got the range and uh, length of um, the best of the best out there. So he's been developing, seeing him from the first week till now. This man stepped his game up to another level. And um, it's just good seeing him work and just you know, continue to grow because he's always trying to learn and he's always talking to me about how he needs to do this better. And he's always hard on himself too. He's somebody that doesn't, he takes coaching very well. Um, He doesn't blame other people. If he makes a mistake, he will blame himself. Like he doesn't blame like coaches put me in a bad call and not. he'd take all the blame from himself. So he really shows me a lot. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just don't, there's nobody to blame. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and coming in, I mean, you knew that you'd probably have to make your way on this roster through special teams. What have you learned from Dave Tobe, assistant special teams coach Andy Hill as well? Um, I learned I just got to imply myself. Um, at first, it was hard because he's like, man, coming from um, college, you always he was a dog. Um, he was the main guy. And learning that I just um, for me to make an impact um, and to grow my role, I had to be on special teams. I mean, somebody that's just as athletic as I am, um, You'd be like, man, I could be playing defense, but 
So what I learned is they just said, use your athletic ability on special teams and everything else will just fall into place. And that's what I've been doing. I mean, at Gunner, you don't see a lot of 4-3 guys, low 4-3 guys at Gunner. So it's a, and then you're going against people that run like a four five four uh four fours and that speed is different when you get to actually showcase it and then um so it's just a mismatch. I'm just a lot more athletic than most people are out there. So I'm just using my God given ability and just making plays. They gave me um they trusted me. I think I don't know what week it was. Um, it was against the first time we played the Broncos. Um, I was up and down. Um, you know, starting um on special teams. I was only I think the first half of the season I was inactive. Um, then I got my first start uh, Broncos game. I mean, not Broncos, uh, Buccaneers game at the R1, um, the safety on kickoff. But then um, people started going down. Um, you had elevations that you couldn't use no more. So they had to look to me. And um, I went to talk to Co- Tobe and say, like, man, I wish I was playing. He said, I said what I could do. And he just said, you got to apply yourself. So I took that personally. And um, I got my first start at Gunner. Um, against the Broncos, and I had two tackles that game, flying around, and ever since then, I have been having a tackle every week, and then I recently had two um, the following week. So it's just, I just been applying myself. Yeah, I think well, you finished the season with eight tackles, eight special teams tackles. So that was so in itself just coming in like week that you said, like week thirteen. So mm-hmm. in five games, ever since they put me at gunner, I've just been balling. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> And and we have this player on the team, Nazi uh, Patrick Mahomes. He's not very well known around the league or anything, so we just got to talk about him a little bit. Uh, he's going to be the MVP of the league. So you go against him in practice. You know what this guy is. You've seen, you know, you, guys like Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams, Trent McDuffie, uh, that uh, Brian Cook and Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed that that go against this guy in practice. I mean, what has been your experience, kind of trying to defend against Patrick Mahomes in practice and just. Uh, have you gotten to know him at all? What's what's it been like kind of just getting to know not only him, but just the rest of the veterans on this team, you know, the Travis Kelsey's, Chris Jones's, and players like that? Um, you would think um people with his type of level um like of saying not like fans and stuff like that, somebody that's well known, you think they'll be cocky. Now he's the most humblest person in the uh, in the locker room. He's down to earth. I talk to him about cars and stuff like that. Um He's he's somebody that works on his craft every day in practice because I go against him on scout team. Um, he's always um, making sure the defense is giving him a look how he wants it. Um, and we're just making him better because if we don't give him a look in a the game, then um, the games won't be easy for him. So we're just helping him out, playing our role, and he's just um, executing at a high level. And I'm, I'm happy for him. He got the MVP or is a candidate for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and before you got here, we had a loss to the Bengals in the regular season, a loss to the Bengals in the AFC Championship game last year, and then, of course, another loss this season. Only one of three, but we lost to the Bengals for the third time. Uh, that being your first loss, but the the third for some of your teammates, just looking around that locker room after that game, did you see them like any sort of – do you feel like if you guys do meet them in the playoffs, there might be some sort of hangover or that the Bengals are in your guys' heads at all? Um, we, we, it don't sit well cause we haven't beat them. Um, and I think the last two years, so that it doesn't yeah. sit well in our stomach. So we, we're actually very, um, we, we took that to the chin. Um, we're looking ourselves in the mirror and we're just going to improve. And when we, if we get the chance to see him again, we're going to do everything we can, um, to better ourselves and put ourselves in a better situation going forward. Yeah. And maybe it won't come to that at all. We'll see how things play out. You guys get to sit back and watch this week, but there's been a lot of talk. 
that the if you play the Bills, it's going to be at a neutral site. This has never happened before in the NFL. So what what is the talk around the locker room when you talk about this potential neutral site AFC championship game, even though you guys are the one seed? Uh, to be honest, I have no idea how that affects the playoffs because this is my first time in the league. So I don't really understand the whole playoff concept and stuff like that. So really, all we can do is just it doesn't matter where you play. At, it's still a football game at the end of the day, and we're going to play our type of ball, no matter yeah. if it's at home, away, neutral site. KC is going to be KC, and we're going. Our fans travel, so it could be a home game, even if even if it's at a neutral site. So that's that's what we're looking forward to, and uh, that's that's what we're ready for. Yeah, we've really seen the defense come along here, and I think Clint talked to you a little bit earlier about the young guys growing at corner. We've seen it come out of George Karloftis as well. Nick Bolton's had a great season, breaks uh, Derek Johnson's tackle record in a season with 180. Just how have you seen this defense grow, and especially the young guys, you in the secondary? We mentioned uh, Brian Cook as well, a safety, and then uh, George Karloftis at defensive end. All the young guys coming together in this defense, really playing its best ball going into the playoffs. Well, for us to get to where we want to be at, um, we got to grow up. Um, you know what I'm saying? Coach always says, you know, you're no longer rookies. Yeah. Um, so we played a lot of ball. A lot of people play a lot of ball. So we learned a lot. You grow throughout the season. You see tremendous strides from the first time to now because we're getting acclimated to what they expect from us and what we believe in ourselves um, is getting displayed out there. So right now we're just taking everything um, for what it is and we're just growing. I mean, the, the sky is the limit with our um, class and I'm just – grateful to be a part of it and coaches really lean on us um for us like I said for us to get to where we want to be at the rookies gonna have to step up we're gonna have to do what we got to do Nazi we had John back in before training camp in like early July or late June and you know you're a seventh round pick and you come in here what what's just been the process like for you as a seventh round pick that your uncertainty to even make the team, your uncertainty as far as being, you know, on the practice squad or being activated to the regular roster and where to live, you get a place in Kansas city, you're going back and forth from your home. I mean, what, what's just been the process like you and have you enjoyed living in Kansas city? I think we talked a little bit about barbecue, you know, you're from the South, you know, barbecue, but here in Kansas city, we do it a little different. So hopefully you found some, some favorite spots here as well, man. Mm -hmm. I did. Um, I usually go to uh, Q39. That's my, one of my favorite places. But um, it's been a journey. Um, I'm very grateful to even experience it because, you know, a lot of people don't get this opportunity. But my biggest thing was just sticking around, showing them um, my athletic abilities. Um, I have a lot of I believe I um, create a lot of value. Someone I can get placed in the different um, areas on the defense. I can play safety corner, nickel. Um, and then my athletic ability in itself is an eye opener. Um, you don't see a lot of people jumping 40, over 40, or under um, four through fives a lot. So in that in itself, um, I just try to stick around and do what I can, um, be a good person in the locker room and just enjoy the process because eventually it's all like people always want um, the end goal. But I think it's the journey that's the most fun and going through it, being um, somebody that's unknown in the league and just working to get the opportunity to showcase what you what you have to offer. And um, that's all I'm trying to do is just showcase what I have. Obviously, they believe in me because they activated me. Um, and I've been active since um, week three of the season. So they see something in me, and then they make moves around to keep me on the team. So that that in itself can show you that they have a plan for me. Um, whatever that is, I'm, I'm ready for it. And um, I'm open arms, and I'm just ready to – begin it 
Yeah. And I mean, talking about this coaching staff, you come in, it's Andy Reid, one of the best coaches in NFL history, and also Steve Spagnuolo on the defensive side. I mean, what have those two guys kind of taught you and just those guys just playing for those? What What's it like playing for the legendary Andy Reid as he is? I know he's still coaching, but he's a legend in the game and Spags on the defensive side. Oh, uh, coach, coach Reed is amazing. Um, he's one of, he's one of the coaches you can really, um, go and talk to him about things. Um, he makes you want to play hard. He, he takes care of his players. That's one thing I noticed. Um, you got people coming from different organizations and they say how different it is. He take care of um, us a lot. And that's how we get to perform how we do. Cause he's, it's not a stressful environment when you go into work, how some places can be. And, um, and coach Spags, is, he's somebody that always says, Hey, just believe in your ability. Um, we're giving you the game plan just believe in it. And I've been doing that and I've been growing. He just said, and he's been working with me. He's just saying, I like the way you're striving and just implying yourself. So he, he's been elevating my game. They both have been actually, and I'm just, it's just been a blessing. Well, we hear a lot from guys like Travis Kelsey, that one of the best parts about playing for Andy Reed is some of the treatment you get, like um, on a, traveling to a road game on the plane, for instance, the, you know, the spread, the, the food, the candy, Travis says it's candy and cheeseburgers. And I mean, I guess that's kind of a, just a, a small thing for a lot of people, but do you, I mean, is that something for you too? You go on the road and there's some, some good treats out there to get you through the trip. Oh yes. I, I need my candy, I need my Twizzlers and my um, gummy bears. That's a big <laughs> thing. But I really don't eat um that burger stuff like that much, but having that, um, when I first rolled, you have free, you have anything like anything you can ask for chocolate milk, candy, cookies, soda. They have it on the plane, um, and they and they make an odd like gourmet food. Like you have sometimes they have shrimp and lobster and stuff like that. So it's just different type, and they take care of us. That's great. I wanted to ask just kind of more personal question. Just what is your favorite sports movie, and then kind of your pregame? Just what gets you hyped up before the game? My my favorite sports movie. Um, I'm kind of that's kind of hard. I, I don't really. We I are Marshall. Uh, I, I like I like We are Marshall, but I think it's probably Coach Carter. Um, oh, I like great! Uh, shows a lot of uh, it, you're bigger than sports. That's how I got from that. Um, because you know they just want to play basketball, but they had to apply themselves to schooling and stuff like that. So I like that a lot. And then um, what, what was the second question? Your pregame, pre-game routine. My pregame routine. So I I change it up. I'm trying to figure it out. But recently, <laughs> since I've been balling, I've been doing the same thing. So I usually stay in the locker room. Eat my um eat two um cr- uh, PB and J sandwiches the little um they come crustables crustables <laughs> I eat that I eat usually one strawberry and one jelly eat that and then um I get in the hot tub after the hot tub I go and see my guy um one of my trainers they give me a massage um this little massage machine I put it on my leg. Mm-hmm. that massages me up and then i put this it's this yellow hot package um you put on your body and it heats it up i put three of those i got one on my back and two on my hamstrings because usually i have hamstring problems because so i try to make sure those are loose then after that i hop on a bike ride my bike and then go outside and that's ready. then it's ready to go i usually me and uh joshua williams um we will warm up outside together um and then do some ball drills with um don and then ready to go ready to go at that point as a kid growing up did you you know did you ever see yourself kind of in this position i mean here you are in in the nfl making a contribution in the nfl playoffs 
with a team that has a chance to make the Super Bowl, a team that's won a Super Bowl three years ago that was in it two years ago. I mean, is this just sort of like a dream come true or does this like you just always saw this moment being possible for yourself? I always believed that I had the abilities to play in the NFL, but I didn't knew I was going to impact it as much as I am now. Um, always thought, um, always believed in myself that I would get to this point and, you know, saying it tr- contribute how I am now, but not just er- not this early. And um, it's just a blessing. Um, always my, my younger self, if I could tell my younger self something, I'm like, just keep going. And because the light of the tunnel is always amazing, because obviously, you know, I started as a walk on. It could have been this could have plenty of times I could have quit football and um but I didn't. I just kept striving, and here I am today. Yeah. Well, the last one for me here, Nazi, is I want to ask you about a midseason addition. He comes on the team on the offensive side of the ball. It's Kadarius Tony. I mean, we've been without McCall. He sounds like he should be back for the playoffs, and we just lost Tyreek Hill before the season. But man, the quickness, the acceleration, the shiftiness that I see out of Kadarius Tony almost reminds me of a Tyreek Hill. What have you seen out of that addition? Oh, that man, he's he's a freaking nature. Um, yes. Everything you're saying about him is is right, because I, I get to go against him in practice every day. He's <laughs> shifty. He's one of those, like, quick and elusive guys. Like, it's, it's just something you just can't explain. He just has that it factor about him. Um, and he's just a ball player, really. That's all he is. He's just a baller. Well, can't wait to see things going forward. We'll see how things shake out here this week in the playoffs. Then you'll know your opponent. It will be at Arrowhead stadium next weekend. Nazi, it's been great. Just getting to know you and thanks for coming on here and enjoy, you know, during your bye week I hope you can have some uh, rest and relaxation. Is that, is, did you, do you have a cat? Did we see a cat earlier in the video? Is that your cat? No, that's my, that's my wife's cat. She, oh. that's, that's I didn't realize cat. you were married. Yes, sir. I am. When'd you get married? The, I got like, married uh, before I, I got to, um, KC, so around it was July twentieth. Yeah, I can't. Wow! Wow! Nice. Congratulations on that. I so, that. So you're saying that's your wife's cat? Like you're not claiming it? You're just like I, it's I not, mean, I'm not a cat person. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind the cat, but it, it's her cat. She does everything for us. But the cat, it, it's a cat's cool, but it's her cat. Okay, so, I have to be honest. I've become more of a cat fan as years have gone by because it's like having an apathetic roommate like they don't really care if you're there they're not very needy not like having a dog where you have to take mm-hmm. care of it i mean a cat's kind of you know kind of easy so I, I don't know i'm but her cat her cat is needy she wants to lay on you and be cuddled okay. she has a different type of cat uh, well that we will like- hold that against her that's okay the <laughs> yeah. Nazi, thanks so much man enjoy the rest of your bye week appreciate right, it thank you and a uh, good luck in the playoffs my friend appreciate it thank you Absolutely. It was an honor. Take care, my friend. Thank you. And that was Nazi Johnson, Kansas City Chiefs corner. He's playing special teams and he's showing out. Noah, we know that when it comes to special teams, Dave Tobe has his guys and that can make a huge impact on the roster and for quite some time. It's a crowded room as far as corners and uh, secondary in general goes for Nazi. So maybe an uphill battle. But as we've seen with Nazi Johnson and his story, he was a walk on at Marshall. Now here he is in the NFL. He gets activated week three. He has four solo tackles on special teams and eight assisted. This guy is an incredible story here in the NFL, and it's been great to formulate a relationship with him.
It absolutely has. And you mentioned it there on special teams and in the secondary. I mean, he is a corner and we have a plethora right there, but I think he can make his way. I mean, we're going to see what happens with the likes of Juan Thornhill at safety, Legereus Sneed at corner. They're going to have to be paid uh, at least eventually for Sneed. Juan Thornhill this upcoming offseason. Is he going to get paid? Is he going to move on? Do they move him back there uh, to safety if Juan Thornhill's gone? Because uh, we don't have a lot of safeties back there. You got Justin Reed, you got Brian Cook. And we do have a plethora of corners, but as our fifth corner, I think Nazi can find his space right there. Yeah, it's been tremendous. And just to seeing, I mean, the confidence that he has, but also such a humble individual that comes from humble beginnings and, you know, had to fight his way up to get to this point. And, you know, you, you, you like those kind of players, you trust them, especially when it comes to uh, on special teams, when you talk about his speed and being a gunner and getting down there and making those key tackles. And that's going to be so important come playoffs. And it's just great to be able to have a current chief on the podcast here at Starcade Sports Podcast. Here in the year 2023, as we are off and running, Noah, we got the, uh, of course, the wild card, the super wild card round of playoffs jumping off. If you didn't catch our Arrowhead Allies show, go back and check that out. Go to Starcade Media on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, and you can check out our Arrowhead Allies show from earlier this week as we broke it all down. The super wild card weekend's upon us, and the Chiefs get to sit back and watch. I think that's key to see what's going to come out of this. The Chiefs don't have to make any concessions or look at uh, any matchups right now because they just don't know who it's going to be. It could be anyone from the Dolphins to the Ravens uh, to the Chargers or the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the Chiefs you know, are the in Dolphins an ruled spot. out too. Uh, it's probably going to be Skylar Thompson. So that's probably a Bills victory. Doesn't sound like Lamar Jackson's sure. going to go. Sounds like it could be Anthony Brown. So it sounds like the Bengals victory. So I think we can pretty much assume from that that it's going to be the winner of the Chargers-Jags game Saturday night. That team will probably be coming to Arrowhead unless there's a shocker from a young, unproven quarterback in the Dolphins or the Ravens. Well, it's good to get the prospect. I mean, just, uh, you know, the the journey of someone like Anazi Johnson as they, you know, start off with such uncertainty, like, do I even get a place here? Do I have to, like, get an apartment and wait to be cut or put on the practice squad or cut and then put on waivers and another team claims me? I mean, it's it's these guys have to go through the ringer and to see where he's at is uh makes you just happy as a, as a chiefs fan as someone that covers the team people like this is what make the nfl to me or the nazi johnson's the seventh round picks god we have mr irrelevant brock purdy seventh yeah. round pick showing out for the san francisco 49ers as they enter the playoffs in a key stretch for them nazi johnson's what the nfl is all about for me we know the patrick mahomes we know the stars of this league these guys are the glue and for kansas city we've been really hard on the special teams all season long it's not been from the kit coverage aspect because that has been shoring up. And for the Chiefs, a clean game against the Raiders, no turnovers and no special teams gaffes. That's the first time that's happened in a while. So good to see for Kansas City going forward as they have a home game and then perhaps another home game or perhaps a neutral site in the AFC Championship game. There is some uncertainty here in these NFL playoffs for the first time. Yeah, this is going to be a wild ride if the Buffalo Bills do make it to the AFC Championship game and the Chiefs make it there. Is it going to be Atlanta? Is it going to be New Orleans? Is it going to be Vegas? Is it going to be Pittsburgh? I don't know. Who knows where this thing is going to be? The NFL has to come out and set this so teams can start planning and getting ready and fans can start planning and buying tickets. I mean, this being up in the air just throws a wrench in everything, whether it's fans, players, coaches, other teams looking at this. What is this going to be? What is it going to be? Nobody knows. NFL, you have to tell us something. Well, we are still awaiting that as of the recording of this show. Unfortunately, 
Noah Super Wildcard Weekend, kind of final thoughts on this. We got the Seahawks in as the seventh seed in the NFC. And in the AFC, we have the the Dolphins getting in at uh, nine and eight uh, as the seventh seed in the AFC. Two years with seven playoff teams. Do we like it? Do we not like it? Or just add an eighth team for like, say, 2024 and just be happy with that. I mean, we're probably going to add an eight team, but right. come at some point, and if we stick at the seven, it is what it is. I like the six teams. I mean, I like the two teams, the two best teams in the AFC, two best teams in the NFC, getting that by, getting a reward for their hard-fought season and coming out on top, the top two seeds in the AFC and the NFC, this as it is now, and now the one seed because of these extenuating circumstances don't even get to play the AFC championship game at home if they meet the Bills, but if the Bills play the Bengals and the Bengals had won that game, maybe they would have been playing it at home, but they don't get a coin toss. They don't get a neutral site. They don't get anything. They've got to go on the road to Buffalo. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs, if it is the Buffalo Bills, have to figure out somewhere to play this game that isn't in Arrowhead. Well, I'm offering up my backyard, maybe in one of the local high schools, maybe Faroe Field in Columbia. I think they should throw college stadiums out there. How about Baton Rouge? How about a Saturday night Studio in Death Valley? Azteca in Mexico? <laughs> Anywhere but there, my friend. <laughs> Guys, this is the Starcade Sports Podcast. Clint and Noah, we've got your back all year long. This podcast has really been our longest running show. We do a lot of things. We have our website, starcademedia.com. We have our weekly chief show, Arrowhead Allies, which airs Tuesday nights. But the Starcade Sports Podcast, that's where we really made our our name for ourselves, you know, dating back to 2012, where it was called The Outsiders back then, Noah, believe it or not, 10 years into this. Here we are. And so much at stake for us coming up. So many big things. We're going to be heading to Super Bowl Radio Row here um, at the beginning of February, heading up to the Super Bowl. We've got the NFL Draft coming up. We've got the NFL Combine coming up. There's so much going on, and we appreciate you being a part of it as our journey has led us to this point 10 years later. We're going to be entering year 11 here in the fall of 2023. So That's why we both have hats on, because the hair in that 11 years... Has gone by the wayside. Ooh, it looks like they've gone to the Peyton Manning side. God, if that's the, that's a best case scenario for us here, but guys, we appreciate <laughs> it. Hit us up on all of our social media, Starcade Media. Just search it on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, TikTok. And TikTok you might just see it if you if you uh, we have a thousand subscribers on there, guys. So keep it coming, yes. keep those coming. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Starcade Sports Podcast. For more. Press that subscribe button. Leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. We always appreciate it here and everywhere on the Starcade Sports Podcast. Thank you guys so much.